Random Art Tips and Rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee. And today we are going to answer a very interesting question. And the question is, why do you art? Why do you art? Yes. Um, this is a really cool question because it's something that, you know, I haven't really thought about. And I think that it is a very cool introspective kind of question that if you do create art, it, I think it, it's really beneficial to think about the reasons why. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this question came from Valerie Grimes, who listens to our podcast and watches our YouTube videos. And she asked, why do you art? Uh, I've seen the question before, and my answer is to release the thoughts I have inside. And I wonder what yours is. Thanks. So I've had a lot of reasons over the years uh, why I art. And um, uh, it's evolved as time has gone on. And I think it was Jerry Saltz that said, uh, if there's anything else you can do with your life, don't pursue art as a career. Only pursue art as a career if you can't do anything else. And <laughs> what he meant was, if the drive is so strong within you to be an artist, by all means, be one. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a challenging road. I think, I think that when he uh, made that statement, I remember reading that. And thinking or hearing that because I watched it in the video, um, I remember thinking to myself like, well, that's 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 a crock of poo, you know, <laughs> and then um, then I really thought about it. And I was like, you know, it's it's so true because there are people out there that want to create art because they think that it's easy. Um, and so like, they'll see somebody like, uh, you know, somebody like us or whatever. And they, they assume that, oh, wow, look at, they're making a career out of art. That's easy. I could just create something or whatever. And if you get into it because you think that it's easy and you think that, uh, that you're going to make some money off of it right away, then that is a huge mistake and a huge disappointment because that is not the reason why I create, if you do anything in life for financial gain, chances are you are going to be miserable at it because it is not going to happen as quickly as you want it to. And art is definitely not an exception. There has to be another reason why you are creating art because this is quite possibly uh, one of the hardest career choices that you could make. And if you don't have the passion carrying you along that 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 need to like do something that if you're not doing it you feel like you're missing out um that's that's one of the reasons that the the, the when Steve Jobs I love that there's an interview where Steve Jobs says uh something along the lines of you you got to be you got to love it so much that other people think that you're crazy for still doing it yeah i love that too evs here Hi, Ev. Ev said, happy late birthday, Clee. Thank you, Ev. <laughs> yeah, for anybody that's listening to this right now, uh, this is actually a live stream. So we have some really awesome artists here with us. Um, and we'll be reading their comments and stuff throughout the live stream. Yeah. So um, my very, very first reason for arting as a kid was it was just what I did. Cause I was an only child. Right. I was by myself a lot and art was just my thing. Like since before I can even have any memory of it. Right. Um, art and music. It's how I occupied my time. Yeah. I, you know, and it was a similar thing for me. I was, I was a, an only child until my brother was born. But before that, 
Um, you know, and I was a, a skinny little kid in a family full of very loud, rambunctious uh, kids, and I was very quiet and reserved. So a lot of my time was spent sketching stuff in a sketchbook, playing with play with clay, um, just creating things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was that kid that took apart my toys and, and made other toys out of them. Like I was just weird. You know, in fact, um, I was kind of a, a black sheep or an out, not a black sheep, an outcast of the family. Uncles and stuff would be like, what's wrong with him? There's something wrong with that kid. He's too quiet. Cause I wasn't like out wrestling or playing sports with the other kids. I was sketching in a sketchbook. Cass said, art has always been a way to release my inner thoughts that I could not communicate verbally. Having a, ADHD and depression caused me to hold in my feelings of anger, frustration, disappointment, and even happiness for fear of failure. Yeah. Cass, I can totally relate to you on that. Absolutely, Cass. The reason that I got into writing songs actually was because I wasn't good at communicating what I was feeling. I was actually really afraid to. And so I would put it in song form or poetry form. When you're dealing with the plethora of emotions that we deal with as humans, especially, you know, when you're younger and you're an only child and you're going through different things. And, you know, like in my case, my parents didn't like each other and uh, my mom drank and, you know, there was all these like different things. And that's, that's not new. Like everybody has something, something that they had to deal with as a child. And there is such a range of emotions that words don't even begin to cover it, even as adults. Like I, I sometimes cannot even explain in words what it is that I'm feeling. And yet an image of, because the, the thoughts are so abstract that an image or something that I paint that may not relate to what it is that I'm thinking, but it does to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to get that out in some way, shape or form to put it out there, to make it manifest in the world. Um, And that's important. That is very, very important. And probably one of the main reasons why I always felt like something was missing when I wasn't creating art. Because you didn't have that release. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's not it's not like uh, it's I could be painting a flower because I feel that need to paint that flower, but the the symbology and the meaning behind a flower could be so much deeper than what anybody else sees. Somebody else could just see a flower, whereas maybe I'm painting it because of the meaning that it has in that moment for me. Absolutely. Lee Evans said, there are so many reasons someone can art. For me, I feel like I have to do it. It makes me feel better, like it's some form of therapy. But I also tend to paint dark subject matters. I like to show people that life isn't always rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. Lee, I mean, it's, it's similar with me. Like I have a lot of, a lot of the pieces that I create, people will see them as dark. Now for me personally, when I uh, paint stuff, I try to be, I I try to work on pieces once I have figured something out and then I want to communicate that out. So for example, um, I have a series called the expression series where when you look at it, it could seem like a very dark series because it is, it's based on uh, being miserable and being depressed and stuff. But it also symbolizes that's a snapshot of that moment where the blinders come off and you realize that there's more to life than the eggshell that you've created around you. And so like the piece looks very dark, but it is just that one moment. 
as a reminder to myself that there is always hope. And so the pieces are dark because we're dealing with very dark emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also, there's always some semblance of hope in what I create. And I do that for myself because if I'm spending that much time with a piece, my emotions get really wrapped up in it. Absolutely. We have a friend also who is an EMT and he's an EMT and an artist. And the one of the ways in which he deals with the stress and the emotional stress of his job is through art and his art is considered dark. Yeah, his art is very dark when in actuality, he's one of the sweetest guys in the world. It's a constructive way for him to deal with his feelings. Yeah, because he sees some really horrible stuff as an EMT. Yeah. Lab Lady said, youngest of six, everything I had belonged to someone else besides my art stuff. I was the only creative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So that then at an early age, you identified with that. Yeah. And that becomes part of who you are. I felt, I, you know, it's funny because although I was an only child, I did have my, so all my cousins were into sports. They were very loud. They were very, you know, I come from the typical Cuban family where everybody, nobody has a, a conversation. Everybody just kind of has a screaming match and that's what a conversation is. And I don't scream. I'm, I'm a very quiet kid. And so, uh, I remember, I remember being very protective of my art materials. And like my cousins and stuff would come over and they would play with stuff and like break stuff. And, uh, and I remember one day where like I walked in the room and they had my crayons and my, my different like drawing stuff mm-hmm. and they were sketching in my book. And I remember losing it being like, you do not touch. Like that was those things. My creative stuff was my, my, those were my things. Yeah. That's the do not cross line. Do not cross line. Now, also as a kid, I guess because I devoted so much time to artwork because it was my my happy place, my distraction. Um, And my parents were young and they were very distracted with their own lives. So art was also a source of praise for me. And it was a source of um, feeling good about myself. So I got attention and praise early on for doing art. That right. was good. Right. Um, so that uh, in a situation that could be as a kid, um, that was a feel good place for me also to be recognized for being good at art. Right. I know that you kind of have a similar story too. I do. That. I do. Yeah. Lab lady said, I rode on an ambulance back in the early 90s in Northeast Philadelphia. I don't think I could paint about what I saw. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing, like he, he creates, uh, these like little gruesome sculptures and he does these, like, he does a lot of like zombie stuff and things like that. And so he, it, it works for him because he's able to go out to like those horror conventions and things like that. And that's where he sells his stuff. That's his way of being able to cope with his job. I think, uh, your motivations obviously change from childhood to adulthood. Right. But I, I do believe, and I think you believe also that when we're little, all of us are creative geniuses. Oh yeah. Um, some, some people put that aside and some people don't, but I, I, I think part of being human, if you don't let go of that side of you is to create. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think it is kind of an innate thing in all of us. I write about that in the book uh, where they did the study and they found that, you know, basically before you go to school, you're uh, you're a creative genius. 
uh, we're all kind of creative geniuses because uh, we think divergently, right? Yeah. We haven't we haven't labeled things. We don't we haven't associated what's good or wrong. Uh, teachers and and people haven't told us what what we can't do and what we can do and who we're who we are and who we're not. Right. And um, so, like, you're a little bit you're you're a little freer in your thinking, which I think is really important when it comes to creativity because to be able they call it thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And what really, when you're going to school and when you're dealing a lot with life and society, um, everything is kind of inside the box and you get used to being told what to do. And I think as a kid, when you do decide to go in that direction, in that creative direction, because that's your only only option, you know, because for some kids, it's going into sports. Definitely. And community and, you know, and different things like that. And so I think really there there is a recipe there it doesn't mean although that creativity gets unlearned depending on how it is that you approach life in that time um it's definitely not something that we lose because of the way that we internalize things and because we're a little bit more willing to look at some of the uh harder parts to look at. Mm-hmm. We don't distract ourselves because when you're creating art, you're not you're not necessarily distracting yourself. Whereas like when you go and you watch a movie or you play a game or you do something social, it's almost like, you know, the 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 thing that people call extroverted, you know, like like one of the symptoms of being an extrovert is that you're out there, you're socializing, and when you are alone, you feel alone, sure. like you can't be with your thoughts. As artists, we it, you spend a lot of time by yourself. It is a solitary practice, as we covered in the in the podcast about loneliness. Yeah, with yeah. your thoughts. So it, it's almost like there is for people that have a hard time uh, working on creative projects. It's because what they want is that socializing mm-hmm. and not internalizing. It's easier to just not think about those things than to actually think about those things and communicate those things out into the world for yourself. Yeah. To not only help release those feelings, but also to like you're getting at to actually give yourself a deeper understanding of what you might be feeling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lab Lady said, some of us keep it. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) Cass says, I was painting and drawing before I could talk, mostly on my dad's walls. (laughs) He still has a few originals. Oh, I love that, Cass. That's so cool. I love that. Yes, we totally are (laughs) introverts (laughs) here. We are artroverts. Artroverts. That's right. And we unite. And then, so you mentioned community also. So I'm, I'm visiting, I'm going down the chronological timeline for myself of all the various reasons that I have arted. Right. And so then in my early adult life, uh, and I don't know that this was a conscious decision because I don't necessarily feel like it was, but I got involved in community art and yeah. art that involved other people. So like, the bands that I joined. I volunteered at a theater, building sets and costumes, things of that nature. Right. And I think it was because I wanted to be around other people like me. Yes. And I didn't put that together at the time. It's just sort of how it played out. But I wanted to surround myself with more people like me. So I got involved in group arts. Right. And then that sort of perpetuated my own 
artistic journey. It is a very lonely thing. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't a very popular kid in school. Neither was I. Um, <laughs> because I didn't fit into the, the criteria of what popularity was. Popularity was, um, being in sports, being at my, my school was very big into sports. So like, because I wasn't on any teams or anything like that, I wasn't one of the popular kids. You have almost this underground popularity when you're an artist with the other artists that are there. Right. But something interesting about that too is that there, there's also a lot of competition that happens. Yeah. In, in some senses, it's almost like that, that, that idea of sports goes into the mentality of our, our little young brains in school. And we think that everything is a competition. So mm -hmm. it was always like, you know, that's where like somebody would come up around my shoulder and look and be like, oh, that's cool. And then I'd hide whatever it was that I was drawing because I also didn't really know how to interact with people back when, when I was younger. Same. And so like, it, it's interesting because then at one point, like my, my friends were the, the, the artsy kids, but then there were clicks within these artsy kid groups. <laughs> Definitely. You know, which is, which is hilarious. Cause now as an adult, it's almost like, um, here in this town, it's almost like there's a click. There's these different clicks of these artist groups. And if you're not part of that click, then you're not considered a real artist. Yeah. And it's funny. And I do look back and laugh at us in a loving way. I laugh at my group of people who did become like family to me at the time. For the first time I had surrounded myself with like-minded people. There were cliques within the clique. Some of us were uber intellectuals <laughs> um, who would have all these late night philosophical conversations over coffee. And Honestly, that was great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some people were just making stuff. Uh, I like they were there like they wanted to create, but they labeled themselves more like the grunts. Just like, tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> and I'll do it. All these different, like you said, many clicks within clicks. And I see it now and I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. But yeah. um but it was kind of like a family unit to develop in both the negative and positive you know? Right. Um, so like the competitiveness and all that various stuff. It is very lonely because a lot of people out there don't understand. What was it that we were watching the other day on Netflix? We were watching The Floor is Lava. I was enjoying the show. Yeah. And there's one dude in that show that like, you know, because they, they basically it's it, I'm sure all of you guys have played The Floor is Lava as, as a kid. Mm -hmm. And this one dude grabbed this painting that they had as a bridge. And when it fell into the lava, he screamed out, well, it's just art. It doesn't matter anyway. It's not important. I know. I caught that too. And like, we were both like, <gasps> I know. And for some reason, I watched that like last week when the kids were here and that stayed with me. I was like, man, why people are so stupid? Like, but at the same time, like that's kind of that's kind of the consensus out there for a lot of people that art's frivolous. Yeah, that art's frivolous because what's important to them is that they wake up in the morning, they brush their teeth, they get ready, they go to work, they go to work. And then after they're done with work, they get in their car and maybe they either go out with their friends and hang out somewhere and drink and then go home and sleep. Or they just go home, they watch something on TV, they sleep, they wake up the next day, they do the same thing. Um, they don't have what 
you know, what a lot of people with art, a lot of people consider it a hobby, right? It's this thing to distract you from what's going on. And it's, it is interesting because as an artist, when you are doing this seriously, taking this seriously, um, it's, it's, it's really hard to find people that are not artists that understand what it is that you're doing. Yes. Agreed. And if you're not careful, then you take this thing that is the art thing and you turn it into that thing, which is wake up, do the art, do whatever, take a shower, eat some dinner, go to bed, do the same art the next day. Yeah. Um, Because you could easily fall into that. Yeah. We've, we've had to watch ourselves with that. Ev said, being involved in both university life and the arts, I find similarities in the way both types of people behave. They both enjoy their time in community, but relish their time alone. In both groups, I find it hilarious that we can go years of not seeing each other and just pick up where we left off with yeah. those people. With yeah. The, yeah, with those relationships that you establish in, in those worlds with each other. Cass said to this day, my in-person conversations are still very awkward. <laughs> Cass, you're not alone. No, my in-person not. conversations are Me still too. very awkward. And some go better than others. And some I just have to walk away from and be like, I'll just do that better next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They basically don't, don't ever, don't ever uh, punish yourself or look down upon yourself because your in-person conversations are not great. Just have the conversation as best you can. And then when you walk away, just think like, what could I have done better there? How, And not like, what could I have done better there for the other person? But what could I have done better there for myself? For me to feel. For me to feel empowered when I walk away from that conversation. Absolutely. I, I sometimes refer to myself as gloriously awkward. And yep. I know that I'm not for everyone. And so if they mentally check out on me while I'm talking or they walk away or whatever, um, fine. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a really hard time with small talk when people come up to me and they're like, Hey, what's up? You know, like, I'm like, what kind of question? Like, I can't answer that question genuinely. (laughs) Um, and so it's, it's, you know, it's so immediately my conversation begins very awkwardly. The Clover artist said, I "I can't people, people. but, but. I would like to say, yes, you can, because you're part of this family yes. and we love you. Yeah. And we, we happen to be people. Yes, <laughs> we do. We happen to be people. We, we are very awesome people. So maybe you can awesome people. Yeah. You just, maybe you just can't other kinds. Uh, Lee Evans <laughs> said, I also like to create art. I would like to see more of like important topics that present themselves in front of us in this crazy world. I think a lot of artists have a goal towards making viewers think deeply about the subject of the piece before them. Yeah. Yeah. So to talk, to, to say something about yeah, what's to going say, on. To say something yeah. about it. I did a piece uh, that was going to be donated for suicide awareness. Right. And when you look at the numbers of what goes on in this country, when it comes to that topic, um, in my opinion, people aren't talking enough about their feelings. And when you're dealing with art, and whether or not you're dealing with a social topic or you're dealing with a political topic or whatever it is, essentially what you're doing is you're expressing your feelings onto the canvas. Yeah. And all of those things, whether it is depression, whether it is something that is going on in the world, whether it is how you feel about a certain subject, all of that stuff, I feel like us as artists, we are better equipped to talk about our feelings 
in a way that can translate to other people that are willing to look at it and investigate it for themselves. So yeah, I absolutely agree. It cracks me up when people say that feelings aren't a relevant part of any subject matter um, or that this isn't about feelings or I'll hear someone in one breath say the feelings don't matter. And in the next breath say that they're outraged. Yeah. And again, I go back to, to social programming, right? Because it's like, there's almost like these things that come out. That's why I'm very investigative of the stuff that comes out of my mouth, because sometimes I'll say something like even even the phrase like that's just how I am is such a cop out. I feel like that should always be followed with. Prum, 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 prum. Yeah, <laughs> like it is such a cop out, but it is such a standard of the way that people explain the things that they do. Yes. Um, But and that's just typical in society. I feel like a lot of the stuff that comes out of our mouth or that people think is truth has to do more with perceptions of thoughts and ideas that people had before that have just become – it's the same thing that I write about in the book when it comes to the art world and why for a lot of artists it's absolutely terrifying to start this thing that's called an art career because there are all these rules. And the rules contradict one another. It's the same thing with a lot of the stuff in society. The the rules contradict one another. And so, like, as artists, we tend to investigate that a little bit deeper and really, really discuss our feelings. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's it's even when you take a commission and someone is telling you about their story and what it is that they want, um, you know, whether or not it is creating a lighthouse or something like that, you know that there's some kind of deep significance in there. Yes. So not only are we able to express our feelings very well, but we're able to empathize very, very well with the world around us, which is why when we look around at the world and we see all this strife and stuff like that, we have to express that out there. Yes. We have to put that out there. It happens in our artwork automatically. And I have to interject something here because you touched on something so powerful uh, for me. Uh, commissions. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with commissions because they are difficult sometimes. Right. Uh, but there's something so beautiful when someone tells me one of the best compliments that I ever received as an artist was you're somehow able to take what I didn't realize I was feeling, what I didn't realize I needed and translate it into a piece of art that said all those things yeah. for me. Yeah. So basically taking someone's emotions, them not being an artist, but feeling like they need this piece. Right. Right. And they're not even a hundred percent sure why. And your job is to sort of crystallize all of that into a thing that's yeah. m visually or audibly represented for them that they reached out to you for that reason. Right. Um, and that's incredibly powerful. Uh, so there, it's, it's tremendous to be able to do that. I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing, you know, like um, uh, a lot of us, a lot of us, and I say us because me as well, will say like, okay, when it comes to big crowds, like I almost get exhausted, like, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time I could talk in front of a big, it, like, it's weird. I'm, I'm so, I, I contradict myself very, very much. Um, when it comes to the emotional side of people, I love people, but I also love being by myself. Yeah. Um, so it's like, there's this, this dynamic 
of empathy that happens. Now I could tell you, I don't like being around people that are downers. There are people out there that like, you know, everything in their life, they're in wah, wah, wah. And I'm like, you know, trying to be positive. And they're like, yeah, well, that sounds good or whatever. And immediately I can't help myself because I am very honest. And I'm like, I just, you're you're depressing. (laughs) I don't want to be around you. (laughs) Shortly following my birthday, I'm supposed to be a grown up. And all these things have culminated into all the various reasons that I create art yeah from my fascination and i've chosen rocks and metal and music it's one of the reasons that when somebody asks me how long did that piece take you i will say that that piece has taken me over 40 years because it is not just um i worked on this piece for one hour or i worked on this piece for two hours Everything that I create is a culmination of everything that has happened in my life and that has come before. Everything that we do, everything that we've done and everything that we've experienced and the way that we've chosen to deal with it is why we art. And yes. I think, I think that that's why it's funny because like you might think that, uh, it's an easy answer, but it is so, there's so many dimensions to why it is that you create what you create. Well, of course. So the side of me that wants to tell a nerdy, nerdy joke, Laura said, yes, rocks and metal. Rocks and metal. (laughs) Uh, Lab lady said, too bad. We can't charge hourly for that. Lol. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's excellent. The nerdy joke side of me. It's, I guess this is a dad joke. Oh oh boy. Here we go. The reason that I art is the same reason that I art if you will. Oh my goodness. Because it's there inside of me and it needs to get out somehow. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. This show was brought to you by Bino. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, one part fascination with the materials I'm working with, one part my life experience, one part my absolute innate need to create, one part expressing what I can't say verbally, one part the community that we've built around that art, i.e. you guys. Yeah. yeah. Said, or Lee said, I'm so using that, Clee. <laughs> you she are wa- she one laughed at your at your dad joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cause it's true. <laughs> you guys are welcome to share that one. You guys do know that at some point uh, I'm going to force Clee or probably uh, write with her a Cleeisms book, which is the world <laughs> according to Clee. I oh, think it's going to be amazing. Yes, please. I would like to do that. Actually, <laughs> that would be fun. But all these things come together and make for who you are. Yeah, as an artist. And why you're doing what drives you. Yeah. And um, it's so nerdy and deep and not deep and fun and serious and observant and self-absorbed and uh, not self-absorbed. It is. All these things coming together. It is. It's so interesting. Cass says, sounds like a new shirt by Clee. Yeah. (laughs) I would totally wear that shirt. (laughs) I would. We create art. For so many reasons. And a lot of times, like I know that I'm working on a specific piece or in a certain piece and I'm actually driven by insecurity. Uh, there are, there are many more times where I'm driven by empowerment or I'm driven by this or I'm driven by that. The interesting thing is being introspective and being able to look at that and see what it is that drives you. This, this, one of the reasons I love this question. 
Yeah. Because like, you know, I've had people, people, so there are people that approach me and their one question is, how do I make this a career? Because I want to sell art, you know? And like, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you got to put your, and, and whatever it is that I'm going to say is not going to be enough because they're looking for the quick fix. They're looking for the really quick, like, this is what it is. This is how you sell art. This is how you make a career. And so me telling them like, you know, uh, you got to figure out your own way. The only thing I could suggest, put your stuff out there, get your stuff out there, take chances, take risks, you know, and just keep putting your stuff out there and understand that this is a journey, not a sprint. And please don't be on autopilot for the journey. Exactly. You, you're going to have to figure it out for yourself. You're going to have to think. You're going to have to innovate. You're going to have to like grow yes. yourself. I got a, a a message from somebody that follows us. Holly, she actually approached one of the restaurants, you know, because like the everything is closed down now. There's no markets. She approached a restaurant that was in a huge Walmart parking lot. And she uh, talked to the restaurant owner and asked them if she could set up her booth on the corner of the lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he said, yes, I love the market. The market has been closed down. That would be so great. And so she's gone and basically every other day sets up a booth and she called me up and she said, thank you so much. You know, which I was like, uh, I don't know why you're thanking me. You're the <laughs> one that did that. But she said, thank you so much for the inspiration. I would have never had the guts. I'm so afraid of people. And I got out there and started doing this. And she's been selling her art. Yeah. But but, but that's not the important part. It's not just selling her art. She's out there interacting with people, showing art, and then going back to her studio and creating more because she's excited about being out there. And showing herself that she's brave. And all this, when we met her, you were giving a lecture yeah. at an arts association. Yes. When we met her, she had yet to show any art to anyone. Right. She was terrified to show me one piece that was on her phone. And then she called you yep. recently. And this is what she's doing, yep. which is amazing. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too. It's this choice to be an artist and put yourself out there is is bold and it's brave. And that's a motivation too. It is. To show yourself who you can be. It took like four months for me to sell one piece. And like I was creating art all the time. And I realized that if my motivation was to sell my art, that, you know, obviously that's partial motivation, but the most motivation that I got was creating art and then showing it. How can I show this? How can I show this in new ways? How can I get this out in front of people? I want people to see my art. And that's what became my motivation. So just the simple act of actually showing my art was a win. Absolutely. It it wasn't dependent on selling the art. It can't be for financial gain solely. It's the same reason I joined the co-op gallery. Did I think it was going to be lucrative? No. I just wanted to see what would come of those relationships right? and exactly. that opportunity to connect with people. And that way, if you sell art or you Great. sell anything, that's yeah, bonus. Excellent. It's like, yes, <laughs> it really is a mental game. And the thing that you have to think about it is that if you're able to push through and figure out innovative ways to get through it, then really you could get through anything because a lot of people are very much guided by uh, success as a monetary thing. Yeah, absolutely. We've said push through the suck. We've said it. I've said it so many times. And um, you guys obviously 
we share everything we can with you. You don't see every day to day, every minute of every day. Stuff gets scary and it gets hard. Things are crazy right now. Yeah. And um, some days I feel like I have no reason to get out of bed and do this. And I have to really push through the suck. And sometimes Rafi's my only reason to get out of bed and do this. Sometimes I force myself to sit and look at what's in front of me. And I force myself to be inspired by the materials or yeah. to be inspired by my environment. Well, you fachunk it. You've I been fachunking a lot. I've been fachunking the crap out of stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard. Uh, so you just have to push through the suck because, and not for monetary gain, because that's not guaranteed. You push through the suck because it's what you do. Yeah. And, and because every single moment, every single moment, and it was something that I realized about being in corporate and stuff and then living this life now and just the, the different experiences that I've had, you know, I've been, I've been extremely wealthy. I've been extremely poor. I've been in, uh, I've lived in third world, uh, third world country. Um, I've had so many experiences in my life and at the end of it, well, I, luckily I'm not at the end of it, but right at, the, now, at, at, this, at this point, point <laughs> at this point, um, what I've realized is that it's not about what you have. It's understanding that every single moment of every day is your opportunity to show yourself who you are and to evaluate where it is that you're at. So if you get to a place where you're feeling hopeless, understanding that that's not who you are, that's just what you're feeling in that moment because you are empowered and awesome and badass and you can do this no matter what and you're going to push outside of your comfort zone and you're going to try new things and you're going to fail and you're going to do great and you're going to fail and you're going to do great. And it is just a journey because that's, you know, because if not, and I think that that's where the Jerry Saltz thing comes in. Why would you do this unless you, you really felt passionate about it? Like this, this, the answer is you wouldn't, you wouldn't do this. And we've known plenty of artists that have taken up, the artist's life because they thought that it was going to be bohemian, romantic, and highly lucrative, and they give up immediately. Yeah. And yeah. that's just the end of it. Yeah. Lee said, even if you sold one piece, it's a huge success. It is. Absolutely. I, I would rather look back and say, yes, I tried that thing, or I tried to do this thing, and I failed miserably, than to look back and say, like, well, I don't know how it would have worked out because I never tried it. Yeah. And I, I will, uh, we're probably about to conclude, but I, I, my, my kind of closing thoughts are related, unrelated. I don't remember the last time I said I was bored. It was years ago. Right. Uh, and that's a huge win for me. Right. And, um, I don't remember the last time I said, I can't wait for this day to be over because I realized at one point, a lot of people I know, uh, say stuff like that. It's part of their normal rhetoric. Right. I, oh, I just can't wait for this day to be over. And I thought, but you only get so many. Right. Why would you ever want to do that to a day? Whatever that means to you, whatever's worthwhile to you, do that. And if it's art, do it. And if it's not art, don't do it. Don't waste your time on it. Just whatever it is that makes you feel alive yeah, and appreciative of being alive. 
it's been so acutely focused right now. Uh, you, you know, appreciate it yeah. and, and do whatever it is that makes you feel alive. That is the answer to why I art. I, I think you elaborated that perfectly. Cause it makes you feel alive. Because it makes me feel alive because when I was in corporate and I wasn't working on art or any other time where I just, you know, if I didn't work on art, it wasn't because I couldn't work on art. It's because I was discouraged and I was hopeless and you were going through the motions. I didn't know how to get, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make it a thing. And so instead of, you know, it's almost like you feel discouraged and hopeless and you become counterproductive to being an artist because as an artist, you create art. That's what it means to be an artist. And then you get discouraged and you're like, I'm never going to be able to do this or whatever. And then you don't feel inspired to create art and you don't create art. Right. And, and it's, it's interesting how those emotions play out that way. Oh, you guys have been so awesome in sharing the, your experiences and reasons and internal stuff for this topic, which at first glance seems like such a simple question and isn't. It it is not. It is is. not. It is. And it isn't. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kyle, if someone told you that were, that you were a wizard and could create magic you would get very excited, but all of you are artists and create magic that can change people's lives. Yeah. That's yeah. well that, said, that Kyle. That is very well said. And Thank you, Kyle. That goes hand in hand with something that Rafi likes to say, which was if you were an all powerful wizard and you could create worlds, why would you get up in the morning and be like, I'm fat? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm old. Have that voice in your head that's like fat, fat, old, 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 old. When you're looking in the mirror, yeah. If you have that perspective, it is just a simple switch of perspective. It is easy to feel disempowered and feel like there is no way that you could achieve uh, what it is that you want to achieve. And like understanding that, like you are creating magic. You're creating something beautiful that has never existed before and is out in the world now. Yeah. And if you're putting it out there and people are seeing it, now people are seeing it. Now people are having conversations. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to love it. It's amazing. It's, it's a creation that has never existed before and has come from you. It is such a powerful thing. And it's so funny because I like to tell myself it is such a powerful and yet insignificant thing. Because it, the significance all exists within me. So I get to determine what it means. I get to determine why it is that I create what I create or why I create the art in the first place. And so like that is such a personal answer and is so attached to everything, my insecurities, my empowerment, everything. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, if I were to answer this question, why do you art? I art because I have to, because I've decided that that's what I want to do. In every moment that I create something, I am showing the world who I am. And that's why I art. Word. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I have to say about that. (laughs) I have wizard hair, says Lab Lady. Oh, me too. I've got wizard hairs too, Lab Lady. I get more powerful with everyone that comes in. Lee said, because I have to and because I can. Yes. There we go. Exactly, Lee. Okay. So 
That was excellent. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We absolutely adore you. And if you liked this and you want to listen to more like this, just click somewhere around here to subscribe, depending on where you're listening from. And that's it. Say goodbye, Rafi. Adios. Good day.